I'm Sean McCormick, and this is Optimal Performance. Is this like flying car level sort of tech we're dealing with, do you think? It's pretty darn close. So I think there's a couple things, right? We're at a stage where our technological evolution is happening extremely rapidly right now in a really exciting way where we're seeing a convergence. It's not just a focus on technology-based solutions or non-pharmacology-based solutions. It's actually a convergence of all of them. So another way to think about Apollo is it's really like noise canceling for our bodies. If you look at what Hippocrates said about healing thousands of years ago, Hippocrates said that we, us, each individual one of us that are on our own is at the center of our healing experience. And the healing comes from within all of us. Of course, you get biohackers, right? Of course, you get people who are trying to experiment on their own and turn their body and recognize their body as a laboratory. My body's a laboratory. Is your body a laboratory? (laughs) That, everyone, is Dr. David Rabin. He's an MD, PhD, neuroscientist, board-certified psychiatrist, and co-founder and chief innovation officer of a company called Apollo Neuroscience. You may have seen this device, which is a wearable that goes on your wrist or on your ankle or as a pin, which has this incredible ability to make a huge impact on your life. How? Well, increase sleep by 30 minutes a night, 40% less stress and feelings of anxiety, up to 25% more focus and concentration, and 19% more time in deep sleep. Apollo is the first scientifically validated wearable that actively improves the body's resilience to stress through touch therapy, which has been proven to help users get 30 more minutes of sleep. I mean, this thing is incredible. This uses vibration on your wrist as a way to help you live optimal. I can attest to how effective it is because it's helped my deep sleep numbers tremendously and it helps me stay more focused when I'm doing coaching sessions or when I'm recording podcasts. This is futuristic vibratory medicine and optimization devices. This is really an incredible device and we talk all about how we need to feel safe in our bodies before we can get into meditation or before we can have sex, before we can be ready for sleep. This is about as cutting edge biohacking as it gets, especially for wearable devices. And I know that you are going to enjoy this episode because the implications of this for everyone to find a solution that's non-pharmaceutical that will help them in all of these various aspects of their life is really, really encouraging. I would encourage everyone who wants to get better sleep or who is stressed as a default mode to go give this a try. Click on the link in the show notes and there is a big discount, a special offer for you. Click on the link in the show notes if you're interested and please enjoy this episode with Dr. David Rabin. I'm here with Dr. Dave Rabin. He's the Chief Innovation Officer at Apollo Neuroscience. David, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Sean. It's a pleasure to be here with you. You know, social media is awesome because you can see what your guests, all the different areas that they get into and and have context for all these incredible conversations. I want to, I want to start right into it and dive right into the details, you know, have given a little bit of context for this conversation and talk about my experience with, uh, with the Apollo. But I think, I think a lot of people are wondering how does it work? Uh, Why does it work so well? And what are the clinical trials that that prove that it works? Sure. Happy to dive right in. Um, so uh, Apollo is a wearable technology that's the first of the third generation, newest generation of wearables that delivers gentle vibrations to the body that help improve the body's functioning through the skin. Um, and it's effectively like wearable music for your body. So 
you can, or wearable meditation and music can induce meditation. Music uh, can induce changes in our breathing. And Apollo is music that we effectively figured out through years of research at the University of Pittsburgh in our, in the, our lab in the Department of Psychiatry, uh, trying to figure out how does sound affect the body and why? Why does music change our emotional landscape so much? Why does some music give us energy and make it easier to work out? And why does other music make us tired and sleepy or make it easier to meditate? And that those effects of music are not not consistent across 100% of people, but they are consistent across 90 to 95% of people that there's certain rhythms of music that change reliably change how we feel. And uh, there's lots of survey studies of this, lots of neuroscience around it. And so we looking at that research and in the context of studying people with severe trauma disorders and PTSD in the Department of Psychiatry, many of whom were veterans, we realized that these people many of them weren't recovering with the standard treatments in the hospital because they weren't feeling safe and they didn't have a, they, they just didn't, they were constantly, their bodies were trained to be in a constant threat response all the time. And ultimately when we're, when we're threatened or we feel threatened and our survival nervous system, our sympathetic fight or flight nervous system is overactive too much of the time. Then when newness comes around, when new things come around, even if that new thing is actually better for us, it becomes really hard to make a behavior change to do that thing, uh, even if it's exercise or breath work or yoga or meditation or healthier diets, because it seems new and new when we're under threat or perceiving ourselves to be under threat or under chronic stress, new, anything new becomes scary. And our body just, um, our amygdala, that fear center of our brain, literally repels newness hmm. and so if we and that's why we always that's why we have a tendency to go back to old habits even though they're not good for us like you know netflix and haagen or smoking or whatever it might be video games that things that aren't necessarily constructive to our long-term well-being or our personal development but make us feel good in the moment and they become familiar sources of uh soothing for us and that helps us feel safe so it's really this idea of familiarity and safe that helps us feel safe. And so how do we remind ourselves that when we're under stress, that we're not actually, you know, running from a lion, we're not actually in a survival threatening moment, because that's the single point at which our functioning and our abilities become compromised. And so tools like soothing touch, soothing music, breath work, yoga, uh, meditation, all of these techniques have been known. Biofeedback is actually a really good one, which uses breath to track um, and sync with your visual uh, representation of your heart rate and your breath rhythms. And these techniques have just shown reliably time and time again that they reliably help the body enter into what is measured as and observed as a safe state, a recovery state. Um, and so we figured out that you could do that with soothing touch at the university through the study of neuroscience. And then that became the Apollo technology. So Apollo is effectively wearable, wearable sound that gives us the benefits of meditation with, or deep breathing without knowing how to meditate by sending these soothing vibrations to the skin that help us feel safe and and safe enough to be present, and mo you know most importantly safe enough to just be in our own skin. Yeah. Oh wow. Thank you for that encapsulation. That that's helpful for context. And and again. I'm going to explain that this that, that this vibrating device on my wrist that we're both wearing right now, of course, of course you're wearing it. And we've both chosen a specific setting uh, in the app that accompanies uh, the the device, which is social and open. And I, and I, I want to be really upfront with this. 
I was blown away by how effective this is. And I've I biohacker dude, performance guy, I've tried uh, you know all sorts of different wearables and nootropics and psychedelics and all of these things. And so I was skeptical as as enthusiastic as I am, I'm very skeptical of devices and it works not only very quickly but very powerfully and reliably. Like now I've been wearing it for, you know, several months now. And it continues to be effective within a few minutes of me actually turning on the device. I'm I'm curious for you because I'm sure that you were experimenting yourself. When did you have that first moment where you were like, oh my goodness, this thing absolutely does what I want it to do? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Uh, because it is it is really amazing that it works as well as it does. I think for us, when we were first working on it, we were, you know, we we didn't have a company when we started working on this. We were researchers at the university. We're really just trying to discover new tools for patients. And ultimately, we were just we were exploring everything under the sun. Music, we were all musicians, so we had a very mm. tight musical background in our research team. Everyone was expert in psychology, psychiatry, cognitive neuroscience, but also had their own independent musical backgrounds and and intuitively, intimately knew the impact of music on the body and our emotions. And so I think that led into a lot of interesting uh, experiments around sound and then vibration, the sound that we feel, which is what Apollo is, and then electricity, which was actually the precedent for the field at the time, where you could you know send gentle electric shocks that are really gentle. You just like feel like a tapping to the body, but the body can reliably respond in certain ways when those shocks are delivered to the right place. And, and electricity actually has the most evidence behind it. Mm. Um, but ultimately, what we figured out was that most people don't like being shocked. And this was <laughs> Ka- this is my wife, Catherine's contribution, because she came into the team. She was she's our CEO and the and the business brains of our operation. And she came in and, and she's worked in emerging technologies before. And she's like, you know, if you guys really want to make, we wanted to make a consumer product that would be able to give medical quality benefits to the community based on the, you know, the latest and greatest neuroscience, but that did not require a prescription or a gate, a gateway to block people from accessing it because that's actually the biggest problem is access to mental health care, right? So if we can give people more autonomous sovereignty over their own mental health care and their health in general, and all of a sudden we solve a lot of health problems because people start to be able to do stuff on their own more effectively. And utilize the health system less and rely on the health system less, which is what is bankrupting our health system. Mm-hmm. So in with all of that in mind, we ended up uh, evaluating all these techniques and then uh, electricity, sound and vibration, which is felt sound through the body. And then realizing that after you, when you look at the history and the utility of these practices, most people don't like to be shocked unless they absolutely have to be sound in that we hear in terms of music makes us feel good and but it but it requires our ears you can't be doing anything else for the most part that requires a lot of attention when you have music playing in the background like you can't give a give a lecture right it's just yeah. really hard um and then you know this and then vibration was interesting because it was totally passive and it was something that you could deliver to the body in the background and so when we started to play with vibration we ended up uh buying a some stuff at radio shack uh, which was still open at the time. We bought like a bunch of like bass shaker subwoofers and some amplifier equipment. And we just built the stuff in the, like the basement of the lab. And then we came in and we were just playing with it. Um, and I think both my, co- my, pe- my 
principal investigator and mentor colleague, Dr. Greg Siegel, and I both had had really hard days one day, and we came into the lab just really long days, really challenging patients, uh, just working with really, really sick people who had gone through a really tough time. And we walked into the lab, and both of us have been reading similar papers, and we we're like, what if we adjust the, what if we combine these two kinds of, of vibration patterns together and see what happens? And so we were in his office and we combined them and and we combined them in just the right way and then applied this, you know, hockey puck subwoofer to our chests and we were just feeling this. And within about six, 30 to 60 seconds, there was an, an obvious noticeable change in our bodies. Like we could feel our like tension in our backs relaxing and our shoulders were coming down and our heart rate was slowing down and our breathing was starting to time itself naturally without any effort to the vibration rhythm. And when we, and, and our minds cleared and for both of us at the same time, we we're just like looking at each other and our minds just both cleared. And it was like that moment of recognition that we had found something that gave the body a certain sense of presentness or helped the mind, help the mind kind of recenter back into the body, which is effectively what we train to do with meditation. And that was really what we were trying to help people access, which is called bottom up learning. So it's hitting the body first. And then when you calm the body, you clear the mind in psycho traditional psychotherapy and education in the U S and most of the Western world, we teach, we teach, top down learning. So we teach as in, I tell you what to do, and then you have to understand it and then process mm. it and then do it. And that requires a lot of effort on your part. But if I can give you a felt experience, right? If I can give you something either like a psychedelic medicine, or I can give you an Apollo or something that, that noticeably changes your state of being without much effort, then you can have a moment to experience that in its entirety or as much as you want to. And then understand that that's a part of your normal experience you can access without that tool, but the tool can help train you to get there. And so when we had that experience with this, it was like, ah, there it is. That's we're on the right track. And then we just started to refine those. And then we put those through a double blind, two double blind randomized placebo controlled crossover studies, which are the most rigorous form of clinical trial um, in a combined total of 60 subjects across like 10 conditions. So that's the equivalent power of like an over 200 person study and it, where each person experiences multiple placebos and multiple Apollo vibrations, and people rated them reliably, and cognitive performance went up reliably, and stress went down, and HRV, heart rate variability, went up within just three minutes under stress, which was really amazing because that's the opposite of what typically happens under stress. Under stress, typically, our HRV goes down, and our heart rate goes up, and our performance tanks because we get frustrated, and this reversed that response within three minutes. So when we saw that, that was one of the things that really shifted us because we were really, we're a really evidence-based group and we were, you know, we really needed to know, does this work not just on us? Because the on us stuff is cool and our friends and family is cool. But when we actually put it into people who are regular folks who have no idea what they're supposed to be experiencing, is there's no suggestibility, what happens? And it actually worked in those people reliably. And then that became the technology that we refined, tested again and in the real world and then released in 2020. This week's episode is brought to you by BioPro Plus. I cannot tell you how much this product has changed my life and so many of the lives of my clients and you listeners. It's also saved my butt during 75 hard these last three weeks. BioPro Plus is the faster, easier, and safer non-synthetic alternative to painful, expensive, and invasive anti-aging and hormone treatments. Before you do TRT, before you start taking a bunch of herbs that may not make you feel the way that you want to feel, you should try this. 
you can go to bioproteintech.com and use the code OPP for $30 off. You know, you know that a sponsor is a hit when people who have purchased it reach out to me and say, holy cow, Sean, I tried this and it's amazing. It's blowing my mind. It makes me better at everything that I do. I love having sponsors like this that really make a difference in people's lives. And this product is, it's absolutely incredible. It's growth factors and amino acids that will help you improve your hormones, become better at everything that you want to do. So go to bioproteintech.com and use the code OPP for $30 off. So you're sitting there with the hockey puck subwoofers on your chest and you're, you're, and you're hanging out and you're like, well, let's see, let's just see. And then, and then like, boom, it clicks. And then you realize that you have created something very special and very unique. And then of course, like running around to like validate and test and, and do the trials. I, I, I can't say this enough because it is, it is stunning how, how well it works. And, 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 and I've also used it on my children and my wife, and I have a level of interoception that I think is, a, is, is unique, you know, um, I'm very aware of my my internal states and you know listeners of this podcast will understand what interoception is but I'm the awareness I'm sorry, of the body the awareness of yeah. the body which and, I can tell you have very strongly because of the way you talk about your body and just how you quickly how quickly you notice changes that that's something that we can all train to do which is really cool that's the thing, right? Not everybody has that. Not, not, you know, and, and maybe it's diet, maybe it's stress, maybe it's, you're just distracted or whatever, but you're not really, you know, you're not, not aware of your breath, not aware of, of, of your sort of stress state. But so my, you know, my seven-year-old it is not particularly, you know, <laughs> she's seven. So she doesn't really have incredible awareness. And I think about all of the different people who lack that, like, okay, what's going on inside of me sort of uh, attenuation and then to give them a wearable device that's sleek and looks cool and that's subtle and to have them notice a shift dramatically in a very short period of time, I think gives hope to a lot of people who maybe haven't felt that in a very long time. They're redlining maybe for decades and their sleep is terrible, so they can't recover. And- and it it consistently delivers. So one question that I have is, you know, I've been using this for a couple of months. You know, I work out with it. I do podcasts with it. I do coaching sessions with it. I wish that I could wear it while I'm in jujitsu because I think it would give me an insane edge. But um, I'm curious about over time, do people build up tolerances to it? You know, like do they have to – because on the app you can increase the, the intensity of it. Do people uh, – do people sort of – gain a tolerance and, and require greater and greater intensity of, of the device itself? So the short answer is no, we actually don't see tolerance, which is really interesting because in breath work and meditation and yoga practices, you actually do, you don't see tolerance either. You see what's called reverse tolerance, which is really just training. So there's a training effect that happens where, whereby we learn like with breath, you take a breath and then you, you take another and then you don't really feel much. And maybe it takes you the first time you're doing deep breathing, intentional breathing, maybe it takes you two to five minutes to start to really feel different and notice the difference, maybe 10, maybe 20, but it, but it takes some time and over time. And when you start, it's, it's sometimes hard to notice the, the difference, but you do start to feel better. 
um, as you teach yourself how to deep breathe and how to breathe more often and be more mindful of our breath more often, what ends up happening is this really interesting effect, which is called a training effect, which is that we learn to associate the feeling of safety of a deep breath and the feeling of being in control of a deep breath with situations that used to cause us stress. And so now we're restoring. So going back to what you were saying earlier to why people like you and I have such benefit from things like Apollo and tools like that. And why I'm so glad to hear that it's, it's been helping you so much in all these different settings is because it, 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 uh, using it restores that sense of, of safety in the body, which then allows us to feel more in control of how we feel. And mm. many of us for a very, very long time, have forgotten what it feels like to be in control of our, of our feelings, right? And that is the empowering moment because it's when when we feel like we're at the whim of our emotions or the environment that's causing all these crazy emotions in us that we don't know how to interpret for sometimes years or decades, we forget that we are actually in control of how we feel much, much, much more than we thought. And it starts with breath and, and, sens and sensation and doing things we can control, right? So that's, so that's kind of how Apollo works. And it taps into these four key principles of, I mean, you can call them autonomy or agency in the body, but it's basically how to instantly restore agency in the body that we use at the Apollo clinic with our clients. Um, and it's very simple. It's breath. It's all, it's the four major things we have control over at any moment, which restore agency. So it's breath, movement, soothing touch, either of ourselves or with consent of another, or and soothing music, which means listening, intentional listening, or song, actually producing music, which we can produce at any time, and then listening to ourselves. So those four things are things that we can basically do in any moment that remind us that we're safe by reminding mm -hmm. us we're in control of our bodies and our thoughts, and the reminding that us, ourselves that we're in control, as much as, as often as we can do it, re reduces our anxiety, because anxiety comes from spending time thinking about things we don't have control over, which then makes us feel out of control hmm. more of the time. So if we reverse that to spending time, this is the mindfulness, like real mindfulness core things to know is like every, all the other stuff is important, but what really matters more than anything else is remembering that we have control over our attention and then remembering that we have the choice to redirect it to the path that we've always been going down, which is fine sometimes, or to recognize that path may not be the right path this time and to choose a different one. Hmm. It's especially hard to get yourself back under control if you're stressed out. It's really tough to sit down and meditate or do breath work if you're already redlining. And and right. you know, there's a you know you could explain that through HRV or you know blood work and cortisol levels and such etc. But anybody who's ever been stressed and and someone has suggested that they meditate, it's like f you. I can't even like I can't even you know, do the dishes in the sink, let right. alone sit quietly and meditate. I'm so stressed out or I'm so tired or, and, and well, and the so first thing that happens when you start to meditate, if you're one of these people like us too, probably who are really, really busy, overwhelmed a lot of the time is you just get a flood of intense thoughts coming in the very first thing. Right. Right. And if we're not trained to, 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 to the practice of acknowledge the thought, it doesn't represent anything about you. It's just coming in for viewing and then it's, you can let it go. But if we don't teach that to people from the beginning, then people 
who are already overwhelmed start to try to meditate. They're like, oh my God, I'm even more overwhelmed now. Worse. This is like setting me up for failure. What's going on? What's wrong? And then people ask, what's wrong with me? Why can't I do this? Right. And right. Then that just reinforces that cycle. Right. So the point is that reinforces a cycle of lack of safety if we don't meet people where they are. And if I see you as my patient and I recognize, hey, you're not in a place where you're ready to start a meditation practice, I'm not just going to tell you to do it because it's good for you. Right. I'm going to gradually build you up with the skills so that you feel safe enough and ready and safe enough with your own thoughts and what comes up to engage in that practice. And then that builds that training and that tolerance, which is what Apollo does. So Apollo, to answer your original question about habit forming or addiction, it's not, it's, it doesn't build tolerance or cause addiction because people are training themselves to do it on their own hmm. with, with it. And then over time we see, we actually have tracked usership and people use it, um, use it less often over time. They still continue to use it, but the intensity level actually comes down. So people don't require as much vibration as their bodies get sensitized to it, which is mm. really interesting. Fascinating because you are teaching, you are teaching the body rather than hijacking your teaching, you know, and right. as you were talking, it's like, why can't I meditate? Why can't I sleep? Why can't I exercise? Why can't I have a conversation like a normal person when I'm out in public? Right. Like, right. why can't I focus on this task I have? And like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really thankful because you're putting language to it. This, this idea of, of, of being um, safe and, and those thoughts get away from people really quickly and to have a passive device, a feeling, an effect that can give you a, a, a like an on ramp to sit quietly or to go to sleep, and and that's another thing, sleep, right? Like, eh, again, it is it it's so obvious, and yet it is so challenging for so many people that that sleep is fundamental. And there's you know there's been great books written about it. You know, so many experts that I've interviewed over the years who have nothing to do with sleep all oftentimes go back to the importance of sleep. And, and for me in the place that I'm in right now, I'm trying to get better deep sleep. I'm trying to build lean muscle mass. I'm trying to raise my performance, um, physically. And I was shocked. I have a Fitbit, the aura rings on the way, but, uh, I have a Fitbit and I was getting like 15 minutes of deep sleep a night, you know, and that, and, uh, you know, not good, not good, Sean. And the first night that I went to sleep with the Apollo on, which is, and maybe we, I'm segueing for you to talk about that, but th my sleep numbers jump from 15 to 45. And then the next night from 45 to an hour. And then oh, the amazing. next night, 45 to an hour to an hour and a half. And I woke up and I was just a better, happier person. I felt good. I looked good. I looked rested. The bags <laughs> under my eyes were gone. So maybe maybe talk a little bit about about just maybe sleep and the potential that people have for this for this wearable device that's not melatonin. You know, it's not. You know, it's 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 unintrusive. Maybe just talk a little bit about that. For sure. Yeah, and, and just first off, I'm so glad to hear that, that this has been helping your sleep so much. You know, you're amongst our top users that are using Apollo, it sounds like as we as recommended. And so you're seeing those top tier of sleep benefits, which we're seeing in our clinical trial now that it is clinical trial series. The first one around sleep was just completed in 1500 subjects over tracked over three years. And we've mm. seen 
in those subjects, especially that that just adding Apollo to their lives, just them adding Apollo to their lives to start using it in, in any way, starting with one hour on one night, will start to increase statistically significantly your sleep, which is really incredible. And and but if you use that over time, if you use that over three months, one month, two months, three months, or even more consistently, like five days a week, three or more hours a day, day with for a little bit during the day and a little bit at night, we see people getting 19% average improvements in deep sleep, 14% average improvements in REM, and up to 25, 30 more minutes a night. And all that extra sleep is concentrated in deep in REM. So of course you're going to feel more rested, right? And of course your memory is going to be a little better. Because that's where all of our memory reconsolidation occurs is in that deep and REM cycle, particularly REM, is when our memories from the day get integrated with the memories of the past and we form tight long-term memories that actually make sense within our framework of the world. And then deep sleep is where we get our deepest, most important recovery that benefits how we in large part function during the day. And, and that's spread across deep and REM. So what's important to note is that sleep is at the foundation of all health, right? Ultimately, if you look at Michael Bruce's work, who's you know one of the most well-regarded sleep doctors and many others, it's, it's, it's undeniable at this point, based on what we know of the brain, neuroscience and recovery and performance, that if you, that if you don't get good quality sleep that's, I, that has a decent amount of deep and REM sleep in there as a percentage, that you are not going to be able, especially not not on one day, I mean, by the way, one day of, of you know bad sleep is fine or a few days. But if you are getting consistently low, like poor quality sleep, not, not restful, low deep, low REM sleep and low sleep times in general, um, then you are less likely to be a good learner and you're less likely to function close to your peak during the day. Um, you're more likely to get sick. Right. We know these, we know these things, not just sick with an infection, cold in the short term, but also potentially sick with chronic illness in the long term, metabolic, mental health, otherwise. Um, and the other challenging thing with sleep is that as clinicians, if we don't get focus with our clients first and foremost when they walk through that door on getting their sleep right or at least assessing it, then any of the changes that we make in their mental health don't really stick. Right. Cause it's all, it's, it's all like building, it's like reconstructing a building, mm. you know, and if that foundation of sleep is wobbly or completely unstable, then you're basically building all of this incredible infrastructure of healing on, on a foundation that is, is unsteady and will fall and collapse. Mm. Right. And then once that collapses, well, maybe they learn some stuff from you, but it's not going to stick because they don't have their brain functioning at a level that's going to maximize learning and, and recovery and healing to optimize the process. So, so all of that being said, um, you know, sleep is really at the core and, uh, and we need to feel safe to enter deep and REM sleep states because they are our literally most vulnerable state physically that we exist in, in our entire lives. We're, we're completely susceptible to threat from the outside world when we are in our deep and REM sleep states because we're physically defenseless, hmm. right? And we're not aware of our environment. So if we don't feel safe in any way, our bodies let, resist entering those states for survival. And that can be something as simple as having like too many emails or too many responsibilities or forgetting to do something before bed is a really common one that prevents us from entering deep and REM sleep. Or just thinking about how we're bad sleepers can be a stress that is self-induced, which many of us have engaged in at one time or another. Even though we we're all born to sleep, we can sometimes get in this narrative that there's something wrong with me that I can't sleep. And that will induce a negative 
intrusive thinking response that will cause a internally generated source of threat in our own bodies that prevents us from feeling safe enough to fall into deep sleep and recover. Mm. So Apollo doesn't really care what it is that's causing your body to feel threatened because it doesn't really matter. What matters is that we feel safe enough and that we're reminded that we're safe enough to enter these very vulnerable deep and REM sleep recovery states because that's where we need to enter to be able to get better and to be able to you know, get back to a level of, of recovery that we can function well the next day. And so you know, just having anything like Apollo in your body we've seen in the studies has reliably helped people feel safer to be able to fall asleep more quickly and longer and deeper. And then that increases over time as people continue to use the tool, which is really, mm-hmm. really cool. And it reinforces everything we know about meditation, mindfulness, and yoga, because all the, and breath work, because if you actually, and exercise actually, because if you practice all of those techniques in the right way, they all have the same effect on sleep. Yeah, And they also have the same effect on the cardiovascular physiology and our overall health as Apollo, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that sort of holistic ex- um, uh, conception of these things. And and, and I'm going to ask a question a little bit later about what, what what's all this biohacking for, because it's something that I just I really want to get your take on. But the, the I think the, the utility, the effectiveness, and the uh the wide applicability of a device like this i think can change a lot of people's lives and 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 regardless of where you are yeah right wherever you are on this spectrum of stress or things that you have to do or how you see yourself or how you see the world um it employs a a type of medicine that I believe is the future that is shifting away from petroleum based, you know, sort of, you know, big pharma backed chemicals to, to, to mask symptoms, but rather, like you said, this inside out or this, this down up sort of effect. And, and, and I'm reminded of, there's like a Tesla quote from, from way back where he says that the, that the future of health or the future of medicine is, is sound vibration, something else are, is, is, are we in the future? Is this like, is this as futuristic, uh, as, is this, is this like flying car level sort of tech we're dealing with? Do you think? I mean, it's pretty darn close. I would say we're at we're at the stage where uh, you know we're starting to really so i think there's a couple things right we're at a stage where we're quick like our our technological evolution is happening extremely rapidly right now in a really exciting way where we're seeing a convergence of it's not just a focus on technology based solutions or non pharmacology based solutions it's actually a convergence of all of them right so what we're the future of medicine is not i would i would say based on what i'm seeing it's not just about one or the other it's about where does technology and wearables and uh and uh eastern tribal eastern and tribal techniques and western medicine and pharmacolo- pharmacology and psychedelic and plant medicine where do they all kind of meet in the middle and and spirituality right and where does all of that kind of meet for a more now that we have the benefit of looking back from 2023 into the, the into history on what has worked and what hasn't and what has been consistently working over time we could start to to understand with like 
a 50,000 foot view lens, what all of these different things have in common and, and where the Venn diagram kind of overlaps. You know what I mean? Mm. Because there's an opportunity when you think about the way that these tools work. Like I just mentioned, for instance, yoga, meditation, mindfulness, right? And, and music. And we've been using those four techniques for accessing altered states of consciousness and healing for thousands of years pri prior to any modern technology and, and using soothing touch for healing for thousands of years prior to any modern technology. All of a sudden we get into the Western, you know, last thousand years and many of the, much of the Western culture has made touch taboo, made intimacy taboo, you know, created disconnection in society because sexuality has been demonized in a lot of places. Intimacy in, in general is often demonized unless it's completely private and isolated, right? And so there's a lot of stigmatization around these things and a lot of rifts that have happened that have made us feel more disconnected and less felt less touch especially in the western world it's not it's not exactly the same obviously if you go to like latin america or mexico or italy or the mediterranean any of these places there's a lot more touching a lot more human connection but a lot of the world is not like that and so you know seeing these techniques which have existed for thousands of years apollo is really a modern take on how technology can provide some of the benefits of these ancient tools that we've just forgotten how to use. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not that they're not, it's not that this is entirely new or they're not, or these tools, you know, are, are being, you know, I think, I think it's, it's a misconception to think that we're going to make a whole bunch of new stuff. I think it's really, how do we take the brilliance and the magic of the old stuff that we've known for all this time that we haven't, some of which we've proved out, proven out in science, some of which still needs a little bit of work, how do we translate that down the road into something that every single person can access, right? That with that doesn't require anybody else once they get it to mm -hmm. to take them on the journey. Like it's a it's a system that kind of takes them on their own healing journey. And if they do need medicine at some point, that may happen, and that's okay, right? There are a lot of people who benefit from medicine, especially in the physical and mental health world, but it's not for everyone. And just like psychedelics can help a lot of people, but they're not for everyone. So then how do you give, create tools like uh, emotional, emotional tools, like, like things, you know, that give you control, remind you that you're in control, that remind us of our own power effectively, if you want to really put it in a tribal or Eastern language, it's really, how do we remind ourselves of our own power as often as possible so that we can truly be the arbiter of our own destiny, mm. right? That we can actually not just be passengers along for the ride. How do we actually step into the driver's seat that we were meant to sit in for this lifetime? Mm. And that is a really fascinating future for all of us because we don't know what it's going to hold, but I think we do know that if we remember that we're all human first and we're all on this ride together, that we've 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 overcome some really tremendous challenges a human race and we can work together to get through this as well and i think the answers will come to us when we start to do the things that quiet our minds and start to you know reconnect with one another in the earth i know that was a lot sorry about the that, ramble <laughs> no that's exactly what i'm looking for man that i, I would just want a little second to let that land for people you know, maybe you've done psychedelics, maybe you've been parts of ceremonies, but certainly you've sat next to someone drumming. And when you sit next to someone with a big old drum and boom, 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 and you you hear it, but you feel it too. You feel it mostly. 
and your shift change your your state changes this is this is a a modern uh, application of that and if you can't go do a sweat lodge with a with you know with an indigenous shaman who will drum for you you could definitely lay back on your bed with a mindfold on and an Apollo device and allow and get that same or a similar sort of effect. And what, what you're talking about is something that, that I continue to harp on is, is ancient wisdom updated for us now. And so important. it's, it's the heart of, it's the heart of the, the, you know, I'm looking around at all these biohacking devices and products and, and supplements and vitamins that I have just laying around me. And yeah, um, curcumin still works as an, as an anti-inflammatory and, and it's, it's, it's effective. And when it's updated and delivered in a way that people can use, this is just old, this is ancient wisdom, ancient knowledge that's, I mean, you can see this pendant that I have on my, around my neck, which is a biogeometry you know, using shape and form to change state. And it's, it's heady for a lot of people, you know, some people can probably get into that and vibe with that and, and really like get excited that they're, that they're, that we're employing these new, these new techniques. But I think for some people, they just need a solution so they can have better satisfaction in their life. They don't need to think about, you know, Ayurveda, they don't need to think about you know, uh, drum circles. They just need solutions right now that, that can help them. Are you ready to unlock the true potential of your body and mind? Introducing Analema Coherent Water, a revolutionary new way to improve your health and well-being. Analema has been clinically proven to significantly increase ATP levels, the mitochondrial energy of your body. ATP is directly responsible for powering the majority of cellular processes in all living beings. Increased ATP levels result in improved athletic performance, enhanced cognitive function, improved cardiovascular health, and positively affect almost every area of human health. Imagine having more energy, a healthier gut, a clearer mind, and a youthful body with Analema water. In case you missed it, go back to episode 402, where I talk with Mario Brinovich from Analema Water, and we discuss how this works, how you can use it in your home, and Analema has just introduced a whole house unit that you can put in your home and bring coherence to all of the water in your home. All you got to do is go to coherent-water.com and use code OPP for a discount. Let's talk a little bit about the sort of variability within the different settings. So energy and wake up, social and open, clear and focus, rebuild and recover, meditation and mindfulness, relax and unwind, and sleep and renew. These are all settings that you can choose for yourself in any part of the day with varying levels of of uh, intensity of, of vibration. Mm-hmm. How do you determine? I'm fascinated about how you create the different vibrations with frequency and intensity and pulsation that, that that I experience now that I'm doing social and open and and later I'll use for relax and unwind. How do you determine those? A lot of study, a lot yeah. of testing. Um, this was part of that original double blind randomized placebo controlled trial crossover trial. I told you about at the university of Pittsburgh, where we gave, uh, 20, we gave 20 different vibration, 16 to 20 different vibration patterns that were completely unlabeled uh, to, you know, people had no idea what they were getting. And we wanted to see if an average person, average person off the street, healthy person 
um, who has a high school education could under, without any knowledge of their introspective nature or their ability to meditate could determine within 30 seconds by clicking on a screen, like where, how, how this vibration made them feel in 30 mm. seconds. Can you wow. tell that this made you feel different if you have to answer? Right. And it's an interesting question because most of the time we give people the choice of not answering, but in this case, they had to click somewhere on this graph that had like energy, high energy, low mood, low mood, high. Right. And then we saw, interestingly enough, that most people, 80% of people are so rated these vibration patterns in the same way within a certain range. And so it became very clear that there were certain vibration patterns. And these are all based, all the vibration patterns we, we constructed were all based on a combination of what was already studied in the literature around music and vibration and electricity and what kinds of patterns increase energy in the body and decrease energy in the body reliably that people have measured before. And we took that with our knowledge of music and knowledge of the way that our touch receptors work and the neuroscience of touch and safety work around, around the fear response and what we know about performance and recovery. And then we combine that with the breath pattern that gets the body into a meditative state. Mm. And so we mash those all together. Then you get a song that's composed for your energy or a song composed for your social creativity, creative social flow, or a song composed for your intense sustained focus, which is like, feels kind of like amphetamines and that's clear and focused, which is the vibration pattern that we found can give you up to 25% more accuracy on cognitive stress tasks in three minutes. Um, by boosting your your uh, parasympathetic tone, which is think about twenty five percent, that's literally like a methamphetamine level effect by just calming the body. Which I wish I had known about when I was taking my SATs because I was really <laughs> stressed out. If I'd known I could have done like ten minutes of deep breathing in advance, I probably would have done that. Yeah. If I could get five to twenty five percent, even five percent is a huge boost, you know. But twenty five percent just by being a little calmer. I mean, that's like our tr that's like a uh, that's an amount of difference that people medicate for. So just taking you know that. For, for its full gravity, that you can do that with just a little buzzing vibration at a specific rhythm to the body, um, and then and, it, and then turn it off, and the effect's gone within 15 to 30 minutes later, which is really interesting. So after doing a lot of this testing, we tested it in these people, we tested it in the lab, and that was effectively how we saw the initial patterns of certain things make people feel good, certain things make people feel bad. Okay, let's eliminate all the bad stuff because you don't want to make people feel bad. Let's focus on this positive window. Um, okay, what gives people energy? What reduces energy? Then we took, we tested those in the trial. We saw that two of the vibration patterns reliably improved cognitive performance under stress, like I just told you. Then those patterns became the patterns that went into a real world trial across 3000 people. That was uh, a la very large case study. It wasn't a clinical trial. Um, but we wanted to see if the lab results could be repeated in the real world in a wearable form factor, mm -hmm. which uh, most other companies don't do in between the lab studies and the real world launch. But we wanted to make sure people actually would get the same benefit in the real world as in the lab. And what was so interesting from those 3000 people we studied between 2018 and 2020 was that these people not only experienced the same positive benefits around focus and uh, performance, cognitive performance and attention and stress during the day, but most people used Apollo for sleep. And mm. we did not know that people were going to use Apollo for sleep because we didn't test sleep in the lab. We knew that it made people calm and relaxed, but we didn't know it made people sleepy. So this was a really interesting real world finding um, that came up. And the social the social vibration pattern, uh, social and open, we ended up discovering in the real world because in the lab, that vibration pattern, the way we were delivering it, people didn't like it that much. It like wasn't that helpful to people. 
But in the real world, when people are wearing it on their ankle or wrist, they're cre- they you know reliably reported, you know, n- basically eliminating their social anxiety uh, and eliminating nervousness around other people. Public speaking issues went uh, got better, and creativity got better in groups, especially. And I actually tr- tr- tested this out in 2017. Uh, or 20, 2018 when we made our first prototypes and I treated my own public speaking anxiety with it, uh-huh. which worked. And it took me about two months to do, uh-huh. um, which was amazing. It really blew me away. So when we started to, um, so that effectively became how we discovered the frequencies, uh, the frequency patterns, which was just a tremendous amount of testing mm-hmm. and the intensity level that that volume slider that you see that the buttons also turn up and down and allow the device you can you can set the amount of vibration you want, which really it's not it's not a more is better thing. It actually turns out less is more um, because you don't want the vibration to be distracting. You want it to just kind of bring you back into your body to be present. So it's barely noticeable. But the vibration slider, the intensity slider is there in case you're in a plane or a helicopter or you're in, you know, traveling somewhere, a loud city, because when we have much more noise around us, then just like listening to music, you have to turn the volume up to hear it, right? And so if our body's overwhelmed by by vibration or ambient noise from the environment, you have to turn the intensity up a little bit to noise cancel your what's coming in. Sure. And so another way to think about Apollo is it's really like noise canceling for our bodies, mm. right? So our bodies also are intaking information constantly from the environment, just like our ears. But we only think about noise canceling for our ears because that's what we think about as noise. But everything else that's going around us is also noise to our body. So if you apply a soothing stimulus to the body, then you're actually noise canceling for the body the same way these guys do for the ears. That's cool. I hadn't thought about it that way. That's I think that that's I think people will resonate that will really understand that, especially if they've if they've experienced noise canceling headphones before. Uh, I, I realize that everyone should experiment, right? Wear it a lot, try different settings and different in, in, in circumstances, um, you know, experiment with different levels of intensity. But I, I wonder if you're open to, because you're the guy, to give your suggestion on which setting for specific scenarios. Are you willing to do like a quick, quick lightning round kind of deal? Yeah, I could do a run through. Okay. Sure. So, so let's, uh, let's, you've got, you've got, um, a speaking engagement. You have to give a presentation. What's the setting? Social open. You are, um, you're extremely sad or depressed. Rebuild and recover. You have just received an injury in some sort of sporting event. Mm, that's also a rebuild and recover. That works great after any stress, emotional, mental, physical, it, to improve recovery in HRV. Uh, you, you're up late and you need to do a late night in order to perform on something for the next day. Mm, that's a good one. I alternate, uh, if it's, if it's intense work that I really need to get done, that is not creative work. It's just work, work. Then it's clear and focused but sometimes we'll toss in a little bit of energy and wake up in there occasionally for five minutes. Just give me a little bit of a boost because energy and wake up is kind of like espresso. So I don't like a lot of it. But clear and focus is like is like flows flow zone for for dedicated work. So mostly clear and focused. If I have to do creative work, I will alternate. Usually focus on usually do social and open, and then throw a little clear and focus in there as well. Uh, travel. Mm, travel is a good one. So it's it's a little bit of variety. 
if you want, if you're trying to sleep while you're traveling, like on a plane or a bus or a car, and you're kind of restless, relax and unwind at a higher intensity is the best go-to for falling asleep in some kind of travel situation. If you're trying to work and you are traveling and you can't focus, the clear and focused, as it sounds, is really fantastic for that. And I have done, I I have done like. Uh, dozens and dozens of hours of work on planes just by like zoning myself in with that when I'm, you know, after a long day of travel and et cetera. And, um, and then after travel, when you're, when you're winding down um, and you're, or you just get off the plane, bus, car, you've been on a long trip, whatever, th- you know, people throw a rebuild and recover on to kind of like restore them for a few minutes after travel. And that just kind of gets you back into the, into the groove and kind of just loosened up a little bit. Um, but ultimately when you're chewing long travel jet lag where there's jet lag is an issue using apollo to regulate your circadian cycles is what gives people the best benefit in general but especially during jet lag situations because you can set it to your ideal day so you can literally set your your sleep and your wake time on apollo on the schedule and then it programs that schedule to your device and then your device will turn on without your phone around on schedule indefinitely as long as you keep it charged Mm. so you can effectively you can you can help use you can use Apollo to restructure your circadian cycle so that you can eliminate jet lag by helping you wake up, be be awake and be asleep when you're supposed to be. Awesome. I need to tinker around with the schedule a little bit more. Uh more to go. That's the okay. best feature. <laughs> yeah, I, I I that's that's phase two of my of my thing here. Okay. Um, what about you are in the middle of a terrible flu? Mm, meditation and mindfulness. Hmm. Um, you just had a fight with your spouse and, and you're, you're not talking. Uh, if you're trying to just recover from that rebuild and recover is definitely the go-to if you're going back in for a second, second shot conversation and you want to make sure you're like really even and calm and patient, then the meditation and mindfulness mode is the one to go to. Um, a, a really long run, but you want to be able to recover afterwards so that like you're, you're, you're sort of plotting out a very long running session. What, what would you use? Clear and focus in advance of the run before you get going for like half hour or so, just get the body in the flow and get it into like a relatively higher focused energy state. And then in your breaks during the run, you can set your Apollo to rebuild and recover. And then you just tap the buttons and you can get like a five minute burst of recovery in breaks or right after the run and, and, or whatever exercise. And that really helps to just restore the body quickly. Awesome. Oh, I'm so glad I asked these because, <laughs> because I, I, you know, I'm not going to get access to you that frequently. So to be able to get like a little bit of this, a little bit of that pre this, this, that, if you're, you know, <laughs> if, you, yeah. if, if you, if you lost the fight with your spouse and you just needed to like recover from it, but if you want to go, go re-engage and, and go deeper, that's something different. I think that's so fascinating. Um, yeah, the lightning so, round's good. I have a couple yeah, other ones too, if you want me please, to throw them in. Please. So one of the ones that we found that's really interesting that I think a lot of people, it makes sense in context if you understand the way the body works, but I don't think we anticipated this would be something that we would see is that we see improved arousal and uh, sexuality uh, and particularly in women uh, increased uh, ease of climax, which is really interesting. So 
the it, I don't know if you know the statistic, but over 50% of women in the US from report most reported surveys that I've seen even recently do not achieve climax with their partners during sexual intercourse. Mm-hmm. That is a really sad statistic. Um, and when you actually talk to a lot of these women, and it's m- many more, I think, than 50% actually, but I think it's a low estimate. What we, what we often see is that the, is that they are saying the same things that our PTSD patients are saying, but they don't have a diagnosis necessarily. They're just saying, we don't feel safe with our partners. Like we don't feel safe enough to be vulnerable to allow ourselves to enter that state that requires a certain amount of safety and release and letting go to achieve climax, even have it be a possibility that day. Mm. Right. And so it requires a dramatic amount of trust and safety within our own bodies to help us be able to enter those states more easily. And so we've had lots of interesting reports of not just individuals using it for that, men and women, men on the social and open and women on relax and unwind on the ankle in particular, which is really interesting. Um, And that when men and women are using it in this way that both of them have reported improved arousal. So improved ability to get from I'm interested to the bedroom. Mm -hmm. Right. And then improved intimacy in the bedroom and improved ability to achieve climax for women in the bedroom, which is really rewarding for women to be able to have, again, that empowerment, that sense of felt safety to be able to engage in that experience if they so choose. Um, And now we have a lot of pelvic therapists uh, using it as well and recommending it to their patients, which is really exciting because in case I didn't mention earlier, Apollo is a consumer device. It came out of a lot of medical research because that was our original goal, but we wanted it to be available for everyone. So you can buy it any, you know, as a consumer, it doesn't require a prescription or anything like that. And you can wear it anywhere on your body, but particularly like I have it on my chest right now, but we also for, for intimacy in particular, the inside of the ankle just seems to be the spot. And it's relaxing on wine on women and social and open on men. I can't help but think of uh, D- uh, Dr. John Gray and thinking about the men are from Mars, women are from Venus. You know, the guys need a little bit more help to be social and open because you're a you know masculine brute. So that's going to give you an edge. And for women, a little because, more empathy. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Like social connection, which is really important for not only for for males to you know, to have higher quality of, of, of intimacy, but also for the, to be received literally and figuratively received by women to have that social connection. And for, and for women that relax and unwind is to, to, again, to be able to receive, you know, physical advance. Wow. Neat. Oh, I like that. I'm so and, glad you should And that. to feel comfortable in being assertive themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it's to be able to step into for men, a lot of it is stepping into our feminine stepping into our empathy for women, a lot of their safety is, is feeling safe enough to embrace their feminine and step into their masculine. Right. And, and it's really both of us, like when, when we, that's, what's so interesting about intimacy in the spiritual and Eastern tantric, you know, Ayurvedic context is it's all about balance between Hmm. the, the sexual energies, right. The masculine, the feminine, very much like balance each other out and that, you know, we have to, we like working to achieve that balance in advance of intimacy facilitates intimacy. Right. So neat. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Great. So cool. Well, I need, uh, I need to buy another one then <laughs> for, for the misses. 
Fantastic. Well, I, I want to be, I want to be mindful of, of our time together. You know, um, I, I would love, I would love to do a round two and, and, and we had to reschedule a couple of times. So maybe several months in the, in advance, but I would like to go dive deep into um, psychedelics and, and combining the Apollo psychedelics. I, I'm super fascinated I have been tentative about bringing it into ayahuasca ceremonies and psilocybin uh, ceremonies. Of course, I've, you know, I, I, in addition to coaching, I also am a trip sitter and, and do work and I've, and I've thought about introducing it in that way, but I want to, I really want to understand it more deeply. And, and I, and, and there's this part of me that's like, okay, well, I'm wearing this vibrational device on my, on my wrist. Is that going to somehow interfere with, um, you know, is that a technological advancement that, that, that maybe doesn't have a place in me taking <laughs> five grounds and five grams and going out into the woods. Um, but we'll have to, we'll have to put a little, a pin in, maybe I'm sure you've got a I can, response. To that. Yeah, I can, I can give you a few things that will assuage you a little bit um, and and help out that are really interesting recent things. So number one, we have a number of world-renowned leading Tibetan Buddhist monks, yogis, meditation teachers, and psychedelic medicine practitioners using Apollo and shamans using Apollo. Okay. So the whole, the whole gamut of people, we have at least, at least one person in each of those groups who is using Apollo, who feels strongly that it contributes to the experiences that they are offering people. Mm. So that's number one. Number two, we are, Apollo has been used anecdotally in hundreds of people having psychedelic experiences before, during, and after. And because we saw so much data coming in from people telling us, this makes my experiences better. This helps me drop in. This helps me, this helped me avoid a bad trip. Like this helped me restore my sense of calm in a situation where I thought I was going to lose my shit. Right. Like, and then also this helped me integrate. We get a lot of that yeah. too. And, and cause it, it reminds us of the experience we had during. And so that helps to rekindle that sense of safety, that sense of, of warmth and love and connection that is often hard to access again after the experience for many of pe many people who have gone through it in that integration phase and accessing that is the source of the continued healing right so apollo because of a lot of that data coming in apollo we filed patent um uh, a couple of years ago for the uh and received it for the very first technology ever to be uh, receive a us issued patent to reduce side effects and unwanted experiences unpleasant experiences in medicine assisted therapy which includes anything from chemo to cannabis to psychedelics to you name it, anything where medicine and therapy are working together. Um, and that, and then, and now that is actually being studied. Apollo is being studied in, uh, well, it's being used in commercial ketamine clinics currently um, in uh, the U S it's also being studied in a trial with Pam, Dr. Pam Criscow, who's Paul Stamets partner, who's running mm -hmm. a really impressive trial called roots to thrive with first responders with severe PTSD with ketamine and uh, ketamine and, and possibly psilocybin in Canada um, in groups, which is super cool. So she's doing mm -hmm. using adding Apollo to the group therapy setting. Wow. And then we have a big solo ketamine plus Apollo study that's happening and um, at least 100 people uh, nationwide that will be kicking off this year. And we also have a study that's recruiting with MAPS where Apollo can be is being uh, gifted to anyone who's ever participated in a MAPS MDMA trial 
uh, ever. And if they would like, they can receive a free Apollo. And then we'll track their data over time to see if they if, if Apollo helps basically stave off PTSD for longer. So wow. do we increase remission rates over time, which MAPS has their last final follow-up cutoff day at one year. So this is a huge help to MAPS for us, for, for people to participate in this work, because if anybody, whether you're a placebo dropout or active MDMA, participate in a MAPS trial and you get an Apollo, then you will participate in sharing your health data with us around PTSD symptoms for a longer period of time. Then we can actually track that and we can show ideally that Apollo is helping to reduce remission uh, or increase remission uh, remission rates, increase healing rates long-term and just support the overall healing process. And I think going back to the thing we were talking about earlier, very briefly, the future of medicine is about convergence, right? Yes. It's not about I'm better than you or you're better than him or whatever, or her, or whatever, right? It's not about that. It's been that, that has not gotten us to where we want to go. And we have not received, you know, we have not benefited as a community from the promise of personalized medicine that has been around for at least two decades now. We've been talking about personalizing medicine for everybody and we're not there and, and we've never been there. And, you know, I think this is to your point that you brought up earlier. Also, this is why biohackers are a thing because we, everybody was promised personalized medicine. Nobody ever really got it. People are still sick and they're seeing that they're having a hard time getting treatment that actually helps, right? And it's expensive or not covered or whatever. It's hard to access. And it's hard to access a high quality of care on a regular basis, wherever you are, depending on where you are. And people naturally get frustrated. Like, why wouldn't you, right? And if the goal is for us, if you look at what Hippocrates said about healing thousands of years ago, Hippocrates said, that we, us, each individual one of us that are in our, on our own is at the center of our healing experience. And the healing yeah. comes from within all of us, which is the same in Eastern techniques and the same in tribal techniques. So for us to require people to take medicine is really disempowering or give them that as the first and only option when there's lots of other options is really disempowering. And so naturally, of course, you get biohackers, right? Of course, you yeah. get people who are trying to experiment on their own and turn their body and recognize their body as a laboratory and try to make change in a positive way, I think what we need to be mindful of is the scientific method, right? Because it's not that science is bad. Science is brilliant. Science is what got us to where we are. We can't forget the scientific method and how to understand that the process of coming up with hypothesis, what question am I trying to answer by doing this experiment on myself? Don't make more than one change in one thing at a time, because otherwise you can't tell what's happening and what's making the difference, right? Give yourself some time we didn't get here overnight. It takes time for things to change in the body, right? And and these kinds of practices help us to effectively retrain and, and reframe the functioning of the body. And, and all these tools together work very well to do that. Convergence. Um, convergence. It's all about the convergence. Beautiful. I I, I, I appreciate that uh, because that reminds me that there it's, it's not this or that it's yes. And in what works for you, in what scenario, to what end, uh, that that's, that's, I I think I need to remember that because I dig my heels in sometimes. Um, I've got one more question. It's a fill Please. in the blank question. Um, and I asked this of, of each of my guests and it's, you know, specifically asked to kind of catch people off guard, uh, it, your, your background, uh, is so fascinating. And this doesn't have to necessarily be specific to, to the Apollo, but uh, please fill in the blank. Um, you can elaborate as much or as little as you wish. Everyone would benefit from knowing 
Sorry about that. That's a good one. Um, there's a lot that I could follow that with. Um, I think the first thing that comes to mind is one of the things that we use as a core tenant of our work with people in the clinic um, and in our day-to-day lives, which is called the four pillars. So um, this is there's a lot of examples of this across all different forms of, of ancient medicine. This one in particular comes from Shipibo, uh, indigenous tribal medicine community in Peru. And the four pillars are what I'll describe in English, which is probably a botched translation, but it's, it will make sense as, as you listen, is that these are the four pillars of rebuilding the foundation of trust in ourselves. Okay. And those four pillars in order are the practices of self-gratitude, self-forgiveness, self-compassion, and self-love on a moment-to-moment daily basis, as often as possible, as often as we can think about those things, self-gratitude, self-forgiveness, self-compassion, self-love, then the more that we start to literally strengthen those muscles in us, which are just like muscles we would strengthen by going to the gym and working out, but you can't see them but they're very real. And by practicing gratitude, for instance, of, of just something simple, you know, as recognizing, Hey, I've been saying why me a lot lately. So maybe I'm going to change that narrative this time to say, I'm grateful for the opportunity that this challenge can be my teacher today. Hmm. Right. I know that I'm facing a lot of shit right now and it's really storming down, but I'm grateful for the opportunity that this shit storm can be my teacher. And, and that is one of the greatest Buddhist teachings of all time because it reminds us to reframe it as it's as not personal, right? It's not about me that, that I'm facing these challenges. It's not that there's something wrong with me that I'm facing challenge. It's that this is just life. Like this is human life and we all face different challenges. And it's not necessarily fair or unfair, but it's certainly not personal. Hmm. And it's not a reason to judge ourselves, but it is a reason to learn. And so if we use the four pillars as our guide, don't have to understand much more than that because the four pillars, as we practice them, just remind us, starting with that simple practice of self-gratitude, that we can start to retrain our brains to think from a perspective of gratitude and self-gratitude and self-forgiveness and self-compassion and self-love. And then as we practice those things, even even within as little as a few days of just writing these four words down every night before bed without anything else and writing the four words down every morning when you first wake up, even with just a few days, you can start to notice that you're thinking about things differently Mm -hmm. and that you're starting to trust yourself more and you're starting to trust your intuition more by expressing gratitude for yourself holy cow, all of a sudden we start to trust ourselves more, right? Mm-hmm. We start to remember that there's a voice in there that's our voice that wants to be heard that has some real value to add to the conversation, right? And if we don't trust that voice because we're not taught to, then we miss that key part of the conversation. So it's really just about tuning that back in by using these these skill emotional skills that are always there to us. Like, you know, again, going back to what you were saying earlier around in- interoception, feeling the body, awareness of the body. These are the indigenous practices of Shipibo medicine, the four pillars that train interoception through self-trust. 
that I, I've asked that question hundreds of times, and that is the first time that the Shipibo have been referenced in response to that. And that's uh, that, that's near and dear close to home for me because that's that's the that's the lineage that I've had all of my ayahuasca experiences in. So thank you for that. Well, I, I'm going to immediately go back and re-listen to this and take <laughs> diligent notes. Everyone who's 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 here, maybe grab a notepad and take some notes and and I really do encourage wholeheartedly everybody to to in, invest in yourself and invest in this tool because it's going to change and improve so many different aspects of your life. Um Dr. David, thank you so much for joining me today on the Optimal Performance podcast. It's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me.